tell you, you are the best group of students I've ever met. Amen. And I praise the Lord for the spirit that is in this place. And the students, the, your love to the Lord. And my prayer is that the Lord will continue to bless you and use you. Actually, America needs you. The world needs people like you. And we do have the power, right? We are the most powerful group on planet Earth because Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Holy Spirit already is in, in us, so we have the power. All we need is to turn on the switch. I would like... Uh, do I sit down? What do I do? <laughs> Please have a seat. <laughs> I would like you to open your Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And I will be reading verses 11 and 12. I'm going to this morning touch on a, on a subject that probably no one else have touched on. And, uh, you know, I come from a background uh, of uh, persecution. And people say, Brother Figali, you have been persecuted. As a matter of fact... Everywhere there is a civil war. Somehow God managed to send me. Uh, there was a civil war in Liberia. And one of the top Baptist leaders came to my house in Knoxville. And he told me what happened. And he said, Brother Figali, can you? He said, there is a civil war. Can you come and help us in Liberia? I said, uh, you have civil war in Liberia. Let me pray unto the Lord. And then the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, what's, uh, you have been through the Lebanese war. What's with a little civil war to scare you? Go to Liberia. And today we have the largest independent Baptist work in that, in that country, in that nation. So, you know, if I, if I told you you're going to suffer, will you quit the ministry? If I told you you're going to be heading toward persecution, will you quit the ministry? Many times we try the easy way, the highway, but how about the way that we have many challenges? Uh, are we willing to face the challenges and learn to trust in the Lord? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is speaking here. He said, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Notice what Jesus is saying here. For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You know, uh, uh, during an international day of prayer in which 150,000 uh, churches from 117 countries participated, Billy Graham said, he said, this was supposed to be the, the Christian century, and yet there have been more Christians martyred for their faith in this century than in all previous centuries combined. Now, many times we look at persecution and suffering as an unwelcomed matter, and we sometimes unwelcome bringing the fearing persecution, and we look at it as an unwelcome matter with regard to bringing the gospel to the world. Many times we, we shun persecution, we shun, uh, we shun uh, suffering. However, the Bible uh, talks about the benefit of suffering. And even though many times as Christians we don't like to suffer, 
but the Bible says it's good for you. It is good for you. And this morning, I like to present my sermon, Suffering from the Perspective or from the Biblical View. Number one, blessed, uh, if you suffer, the Bible says you are, a, you are a blessed person. Suffering is one of the blessings of being identified with Christ. Suffering is one of the blessings of being identified with Christ. It is a great privilege, Jesus said, to be persecuted for Christ's sake. I just read the verse. Jesus said, blessed are you when men shall revile you and, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, and not rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is thy reward. What is Jesus saying here? If you are suffered, people may not uh, appreciate you. People may not like you because they are persecuting you. But Jesus said, I, I see the matter in a different way. There is a, you, you're going to have a great reward in heaven if you are suffered for my sake. Peter says, but if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are you. You know, sometimes we say suffering is terrible, but Peter says, happy are you because you are suffering. The second point I like to talk about is you are not alone. If you are suffering, you are not alone. Those who suffer in Christ joins the heroes of faith. That's why I want to be an encouragement to you. You know, please don't take the, the easy way in life. Take the challenge. And if you lose your life, you only lose your life when your mission is accomplished. When your, your, your mission is accomplished, the king will call you back home. So we, we shouldn't worry about anything. We need to answer God's call. We need to go forward because it, we work for Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, uh, Peter says that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. What he is saying is that the, the, the same afflictions are experienced by your brethren around the world. So if you are suffering, you're not the only one. There are a whole group of people all over the world uh, who are suffering for the sake of the Lord Jesus. Now, the world is occupied by the power of powers of darkness, and God's children are persecuted because they li we live in enemy territory. Now, let me read some of what, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 36 and 37, uh, this is what the Bible, and others had trials of cruel mockings. In other words, what were they doing to them? They were making fun of their Savior. They were maybe cussing and uh, blaspheming the name of Jesus in front of them. Now, that hurts me when someone used the name of Jesus in vain. That's persecution for me. Now, so some others' are trials are growing, mocking, and scourging. That's flogging. Yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown in asunder. Sown asunder. Do you know what that means? They put uh, God, the children of God on a table, took a saw and cut him in two. I mean, this is terrible. Then uh, uh, sown asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. 
that they without us should not be made perfect. What is the Bible saying here? He is saying that the race will not be completed until the last martyr is killed or finish the race. Now, here is what the Bible is saying, that every person who is suffer, you, if you suffer for the case of Christ, now sometimes we suffer because of our stupidity, but that's not what the Bible is talking about here. But if you suffer for the cause of Christ, you are part of an elite group within the body of Christ. And when we go to heaven, you will be sitting in a very special place and the Lord Jesus will honor you and he will be the one to uh, reward you. Number three, suffering is a proof that we are effective witnesses. Suffering is a proof that we are effective witnesses. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, and says, And all that, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Do you want, are you obedient to the Lord? Are you faithful in, in, in your life? Are you walking after the Lord Jesus? Well, you will be persecuted. So don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Okay? Your very presence on planet Earth is a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you may not know it, but as you walk on the street, people look at you. People don't know Jesus, but they know you. And you are a light. You, that's why the devil hates you. One day I was in a church service, and one of the members of the church came to me. He said, Brother Figali, have you heard the, the latest news? I said, well, I hear a lot of news. Which one? He said, Ahmadinejad, the president of Iran, made a statement. He said, any Iranian who convert to Christianity will be arrested and hanged. He said, wow, what a terrible news. I looked at him and said, praise the Lord. Wow, this is amazing news. He said, Brother Figali, this is terrible news. I said, no. I said, let me explain to you. In Iran, there are between 82 to 85 million people, and Ahmadinejad is the president of Iran. For the president of that nation to notice that there are Muslims coming to Christ, that tells me that there are so many of them that even he feels the threat, uh, uh, the threat on him. You know, I was in Baghdad preparing to preach my sermon, reviewing my sermon in the church, and suddenly I heard a big explosion. And then the news went to the news. We found out that next to our church in Baghdad, there is a Catholic church there, and a, a, a suicide bomber went to the church during the service, detonated his bomb, killing many of the worshipers, including the, the priest. And, you know, when I heard the explosion had what happened, I said, wow, this is the end, you know. So I, may not, may, 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 I might as well close my Bible, and uh, it's, there's not going to be a meeting today. At, the, at 5 o'clock, when the service began, all the church members came and attended the service. I said, aren't you guys afraid? They said, no, Brother Fagali. We learn to live with this. You know, uh, uh, these things, they can do it to us, but we know that God will protect us, and we are in the hand of God. So, uh, uh, you know, suffering, suffering is a proof that we are effective. Why do they hate us? Do you notice today that the, the faith that is attacked in America is not the Hindu faith? It is not the Buddhist faith, not even the Muslims. The faith that's attacked by our politician 
is the Christian faith. Why is that? Because we intimidate the powers of darkness. Your very presence is a challenge to Satan and his kingdom. Number four, remember suffering reminds us of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, before we suffered, he suffered. In, he, in Peter's, 1 Peter 2.21, Bible says, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. You know, the Christians say, we have done no harm to anyone. Why are they attacking and persecuting us? Well, the answer is because we, you, follow the footsteps of Christ. If we follow the footsteps of Christ as they persecuted our master, they are going to persecute us. First Peter chapter 2, verse 22 says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. And verse 23, Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. There was a young man who got saved. And uh, he came to our Bible Institute in Khartoum. Then God called him to go to Darfur. He was a Muslim who accepted Christ as a savior. And man, he was so effective in reaching many Muslims for Christ in Darfur that they arrested him, put him in jail. And after they put him in jail, in the jail, there were criminals, there were terrorists, there were all kinds of people. And he began to witness to the, to the criminals, leading many of them to Christ. They got so bored, so disgusted with him, converting these criminals to Christianity, they beat him and kicked him out. After he got, they kicked him out of jail, uh, one of his friends met him on the road. And he said, sorry to hear about your suffering and beating. And this brother looked at his friend. He said, what do you mean, my, my friend? He said, don't be sorry for me because they put me in jail. He said, the Lord Jesus suffered for me. It is a great honor to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number five, suffering help us to feel with others who are suffering. Suffering help us to feel with others here who are suffering. It's interesting that in Hebrews 10, 32, the, the author speaks to the readers. He says, you, you, ye endured great fight of affliction. In other words, what he is saying is that you remained faithful in spite of your suffering and affliction. And then he continues and say, for ye had compassion of me in my bonds. In other words, when this brother uh, suffered, these people could understand him and couldn't understand his suffering because they suffered themselves. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? You know, why did he came? Why did he come to earth? He came to earth to understand our afflictions. So when we go to the Lord and say, Lord, we are weak. We, we, are, we are struggling, Lord. We, are, we, 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 are, we, we, are, we have many temptations. And the Lord says, son, I have been there before you. I did not fall in sin, but I have suffered and I can understand you. What a great blessing it is to suffer for Christ. Number six, suffering for Christ shows that we are soldiers of the cross. Suffering for Christ shows that we are soldiers for, of the cross. You know, many times as I watch the news and uh, I see many of our uh, military soldiers who lost limbs, and when these soldiers who lost limbs speak, you can feel that they are very proud of their country. And you know, we are soldiers of the cross. 
You know, yesterday we talked about a brother who fell in the service of the master. But in my ministry, I have seen many who work under my ministry, and they fell in the service of the master, but people don't know about them. And you know, it doesn't matter, because Jesus knows about them. He's the one who will reward him. You know, Paul, uh, Paul said, Thou therefore endure hardness as good soldiers for Jesus Christ. You know, if we are soldiers, we should not complain when we endure hardness. If the test is hard, if the subject is hard, don't blame it and say, I cannot do the job. God put you here to finish, and God brought you here for a reason. God has a plan for your life. God has set your course. Don't give up and sit or fall by the wayside. Finish the job for the glory of God. No matter what people say, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter. What matter at the end is what Jesus will say about you. He is the one who will reward you because Jesus is my boss. And he is the one who sent me. I am a steward doing what he wants me to do. And number seven, suffering for Christ is temporary. Suffering for Christ is temporary. Always remember, suffering for Christ is temporary. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. But for a moment. When you are going through suffering, it looks like forever. But then after you finish, you say, Wow, he was with me throughout my suffering, and he never left me. And my wife and I, we uh, served the Lord uh, in Lebanon during the Civil War. But in 19, you know, if you ask me, what is the worst year of my life, of your life? I would say 91-92. In 1991-92, the Syrian armies were surrounding Lebanon, and they, the armies were on the top of Lebanon, above our cities. At the same time, the American military were going against Saddam. The military were landing uh, in Saudi Arabia and heading toward Iraq. Remember Saddam Hussein occupied Kuwait, and the American military and our allies went to uh, uh, kick his armies back to Iraq. And during this period, our greatest fear was Saddam Hussein had chemical weapons, and he had missiles that can reach uh, Israel. And our fear was that he will shoot missiles against Israel, and he will miss Tel Aviv and land his missiles in, in Beirut, Lebanon. So what I did, decided to do is to bring my wife and my children, to brought them to Greenville, South Carolina, left them there, and then went back to Lebanon to continue my ministry. Believe me, don't leave your wife for a very long time. You will miss them. You will miss your children. So, you know, that was so hard. Even people say, Brother Figali, your preaching are becoming very intense. You need to take it easy. Do something about it. Well, uh, uh, the war took finish, uh, uh, and after a year, uh, in, in, I remember in March, I sent them in 1991. In March 2000, 1992, my wife called me. And she said, Edgar, I and the children, we will be back in May and our, when the school is over. I remember my wife and my children and our dog whom we adopted, they came from America, but they met to the island of uh, 
Cyprus. And so I flew from Beirut to Cyprus and met them at the airport. Just imagine I'm standing there, haven't seen them for a year, and then my children coming down, and the, my wife comes down, and behind them the dog. And when I saw them, I ran and hugged them and kissed them, including kissing the dog, <laughs> because he was a member of our family. And I remember the moment I met my wife and my children, as if I have never suffered all my suffering, all the struggle, all the fear. You know, when I said goodbye to them, I wondered, will I see them again? But when I met them, as if we have never been separated. You know, today we suffer. Today we struggle. But we are struggling for Jesus. And you know, sometimes life looks long and hard. But let me tell you this. The moment you and I see the Lord Jesus Christ, all our suffering, all our struggle will be forgiven, will be forgotten. And the moment we meet Jesus, we will live forever and ever. You know, I like Jesus to say something that he said to, the, to Mary uh, the, when she broke the ointment on his head. I like to, him to say, Edgar has done what he could. Wouldn't you like to say that Jesus will say that about you? So and so, you have done what you, could, what you can. You know, God doesn't expect us to do more than what we can. Now, if we can do more, that's good. But at least we can do what we can for the Lord. We can study and get good grace in this college. We can praise God and help somebody. We can witness to somebody. We can pray for one another. We can come to our pastor and thank him for ministering to us and serving us. We can pray for missions. We can give to missions. We can do so much. But the most important thing is I, he, she has done what she could. When we meet the Lord Jesus and see him face to face, will he say that about you?